Hello everybody, it's July 15th, 2019, and it's a much later than normal podcast because I am at the Montrose Christian Writers Conference. Whoop, whoop. So excited. I hope you're following me on Facebook. I've been posting pictures since yesterday when I left. And so much fun. I am learning a ton. Uh, to say I am inspired to take on my next writing adventure, my next writing project, is an understatement. And here's the flip side. I brought four different uh, writing pieces with me to Montrose to work on. And so I had two big bags full of all these different writing ideas because I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. You know, what am I going to do? I don't know what I want to work on. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how the spirit's going to lead. So I'm just going to bring them all. And here's the deal. Um, I usually really focus in nonfiction writing. um, If you've read any of my books or you follow me on my blog, whatever, I'm a very nonfiction, you know, this is one sister's journey, keeping it real, right? So that's, that's what I write. I keep it real. It's nonfiction. It's true to life. It's reality. And that's, you know, what I'm good at. In 2007, okay, 2007, so it's 2019, 12 years ago, I had this crazy, crazy idea for uh, a fictional book. Now, what I think is funny is that because I date everything, I, you know, I'm like, I don't even know where this idea came from, when it came about. And so I had the date up on the top and it was 2007. When the waves subside, there is hope released in January of 2013. Whereas Heidi, One Sister's Journey, the book I'm most known for, released in April of 2013. So five years, six years, six years before the birth of those and publication of those two books is where this idea came from. And I think that is just wild, wild, don't you? And, you know, I tucked it away. And then I don't know, I I have the dates on them. Usually I date them like if I pull them out of the cupboard and I work on them again or whatever. I'm like, so getting ready for this conference, I read five different nonfiction little because they do like a read aloud night. Let's uh, like open mic. And I really want to do an open mic. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I read four or five to my husband and he's like, oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. We narrowed it down to two. And the Lord placed it on my heart. And he said, what about that fictional piece? And I'm like, oh. I said, all right. So I told my husband, I said, all right, are you ready for this? Um, I have this other thing. Will you just listen to it and just tell me what you think? And he said, of course I will. So I read this fictional piece to him and I got done and I, you know, I wasn't quite done, but this look on his face, I wasn't really sure what this whole look was on his face. And I said, what, what is that look? Is it like terrible? Is it, um, you know, talk to me. You're kind of scaring me, Harry. He said, no, no, no. He goes, it's really good. It's fiction, right? And I said, yeah. And 
He goes, I didn't know you wrote fiction. And I said, well, I'm not sure I do write fiction. <laughs> but I'm just thinking about it, and I don't know. What do you think? And he said, I really like it. And he, I think that's what you should read. And I'm like, all right. So I said, well, if I'm going to do that, I really need to, you know, it needs to be fixed if I'm going to bring that to read at a conference for open mic. I said, it's nowhere near ready. Um, I mean, really, it's just terrible. And he said, I think you should read it just to put it out there. He goes, it's really good. And I said, okay. So, long story short, I finished reading it to him, and he goes, yes, that's what you need to read. I still brought everything, because I'm like, you know, that's so out of my comfort zone. The first speaker last night talked about um, uh, the Ten Creative Commandments, and I'm like, oh, that was good, that was good. This morning speaker talked about fear, and, you know, facing those fears, and stepping out, and I'm like... Oh, God's talking to me. And I have not brought my books in to put at the book table yet. <laughs> and I really need to do that because I don't know why. What is my problem? So, I don't know. My friend Elaine Miller, she's guest on the podcast. Um, she arrived today because she's one of the presenters. And so she was telling people, and I said, you promote me so much better than I promote myself. I said, I love you. And she goes, but it's so good. You need to share it. So, I, yeah, I still need to go do that. But I had a break, and I haven't done my podcast. And I wanted to say hello to all of you. And I want to keep you a prize of, you know, this Christian Writers Conference in Pennsylvania. And it is one that I have wanted to go to for almost 10 years and so to be here is like uber exciting and I drove myself which is a whole nother level of growing up and excitement that you know you're probably thinking you're 40 some years old <laughs> driving you know two and a half hours to Pennsylvania is not a big deal here's the deal I don't really go too far from home by myself um I've only just started driving to clay by myself my daughter who is uh, in her early 20s uh, is more independent than I am on some levels and it took a lot of work as a parent and as a, an adult human to um, to instill that in her so that my insecurities uh, struggles, hurdles didn't affect her independence in her life as an adult so, I'm here, I drove myself, I'm learning so much, but I'm delving into fiction. I, I'm putting it out there, I'm delving into fiction. I am going to try to write this fiction book, and the worst thing that's going to happen is maybe I spend a year or two writing a fiction book and it fails. You know, maybe I spend the next year getting ready to actually have something to pitch next year, and I fail. But at least I tried. My nonfiction pieces are still going to be there. My life story, my legacy that I leave for my family, my friends, and for others to know there's hope after tragedy is still there. That's my comfort zone. That's where it's safe. But 
I feel God calling me to step out with my writing. And to write fiction sounds fun. And I used to write a lot of stories, you know, and that's what my dad was saying as I told him what I was going to do. And, you know, I called him last night. I said, Dad, I'm taking everything on fiction. I changed everything I signed up for, and I'm taking fiction. And he said, good for you. He goes, you've always been a great storyteller. He goes, you used to write the best stories. He goes, I think it's great. So that's what I'm doing. So I'm in my room. Uh, my husband was so, so sweet. He made sure I got a single. He is like fabulous. And I'm like, I don't need a single. That's extra money. I'm so glad I have a single. One, I can go up and go potty whenever I want. There's the keeping it real part of one sister's journey. If I want to take a dump, I can take a dump with nobody listening on the other side of the door. <laughs> Maybe that's too real. Oh, sorry. But he, he, he knew the drill. I just put it out there. And my husband is listening and going, oh my gosh, she just talked about her bowel movements. Oh. And if there's any little kids listening, they're laughing because I said bowel movement. I said dump. Oh, gasp. Bodily functions are very fun to talk about. But anyway. <laughs> oh, how I digress. Let's do our quote of the day. Here's the quote. July 15th. Arnold H. Glasgow. Oh my gosh, you're going to love this. Are you ready? Tell me God has not aligned these. Quote, in life, as in football, you won't go far unless you know where the goalposts are. End quote. I'll read that again. Quote, in life, as in, fo in football, you won't go far unless you know where the goalposts are. End quote. Arnold H. Glasgow. My goalpost is to write a fictional book. And if it sucks, it sucks, but I'm going to write the book. And it was Diane Starks, I believe, that spoke this morning. I can almost reach everything I need without moving. My room is so tiny, it's fabulous. I wish this is all I had to clean at home on a daily basis. <laughs> so this morning was Diane Stark, and she delivered a powerful message about breaking up with fear and I think we all need a message to break up with fear right and I'll be honest with you I'm a I'm a fairly fearful person and I've come far I have n I do not have nearly as many fears as I used to um they're not I don't really have a lot of insecurities in a sense I mean probably on some levels people would say I do because you know, sometimes my writing gets slowed down because the naysayers will really, you know, I internalize and I listen to what they're saying and I quit writing. And my mom would always be the one to say, what the hell do they know? They don't know the truth. You know the truth and that's all that should matter. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... So without, you know, like my mom's encouragement, it's been hard to write. But something in this last year, I don't know, in January, I started eating healthy. I started exercising. I started making sure I get seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Something about making those healthy lifestyle changes. And my word for the year is renewal. Physical, spiritual, emotional. I'm doing it. 
and fixing the physical and starting with my physical has helped my emotional and my spiritual. And, you know, I switched churches in the last couple of years and I loved my church. I loved my church family. I still love what the Alliance stands for. Um, I attend a Methodist church now and I love my Methodist family and I love the Methodist church. And, you know, I'm figuring out their rules or whatever you want to call them, but I love the Methodist church I attend. It's a family. And they are God-loving, God-fearing, living out the Bible and applying it to life people. But, you know, leaving your church, that's tough stuff. And a lot of times it can cause problems with your family. It can cause problems with your friends because, oh, you're not going to the church anymore, so you can't be my friend anymore. Or, oh, there's a reason you left the church, even though she said there's no reason that she switched churches. There is. There is, was no church other than God. I felt God calling me to go to church somewhere else. That's it. Plain and simple. I felt God's call to worship him at a different church. They're still my friends. They're some of the dearest people with that I owe so many great thanks and appreciation to for helping me become the woman of God that I am. But God does not want us stagnant. God does not want us to stop where we are. God wants us to go and do and be the best we can be for him and build his kingdom. Now, when I went to the Methodist church and switched churches, did I see that? No, I just knew that I was called to be there. And for, as far as the writing goes, I mean, the last two years have really been just about nothing. And since January, writing more and writing more and spring break, you know, I was banging out about a thousand words a day. You know, went back to school March and April, between March and April break, still banging out five, six hundred words a day. And then it said spring break um, in April, you know, May and June, the last two weeks of school, I have been not banging out 800 words a day. I've been lucky to bang out three blogs a week and get my podcast up. Yet, I can't let that beat me down. Part of my problem with the writing was every time I would write, I was writing to write. I didn't feel called to write. I was not inspired to write. I was not dedicated to write. I was writing to write, to get in the habit of writing, to create my discipline, to recreate, reinstill that discipline of writing. The discipline of writing. I wasn't really working on a book. Could it be a book? I don't know. My father said, just call it The Ramblings of a Wild Woman. <laughs> so I've saved that. Maybe one day I will have the, a book called The Ramblings of a Wild Woman. And it'll just be all these crazy things that I wrote at the lake and at the car, in the car and, you know, at the random places that I went after the gym. Because I have so many ideas when I leave the gym. After a good, like, hour and a half workout, I have so many ideas. And I can just write. And that is, like, my muse. That's, you know, what gets me going now and so that wasn't it but something's clicked and on Mother's Day when my husband put the deposit down for this writing conference I'm like that's you know a lot of money I think we put down 50 or 75 dollars and some of you are saying that's not a lot of money and if that's the place where you are in your life continue 
I hope that you bless others and you use that and you and you understand that that is a lot of money to people. That was a lot of money, you know, that could have paid a bill. And my husband said, I believe in you and your writing. You were called to write. God called you to write. God called you to speak. God called you to do that podcast. He goes, you need this conference. You need a week retreat. You need to get away and take care of Lisa. He goes, since your mom has passed away, you take care of your dad. You take care of me. You take care of Mary. You take care of your aunt. You're taking care of everyone but yourself. I love you enough that I know I'm investing in you. And I sobbed and I sobbed. My husband is not a man of many words. If you knew my husband, you would know that to be extremely true. He is not a man of many words. He is not, you know, we don't argue a lot. There's not, you know, if anything, it goes to silence, you know. And, and I said, okay. And then, you know, I do extra stuff outside of the school day. And my stipend checked covered the remaining balance for the conference, for all the different things that I did during the school year you know, shy of like $30. So all those extra things that I did all year that kept me busy, that kept me, you know, an hour after school here, an hour here, you know, two or three hours this month here, and, you know, five hours this week, whatever. They all helped get me here. And then I had to drive here by myself. Like, my father was to the point where he said, do you want me to drive you? I will drive you down, I will drop you off, I'll carry, help you get your stuff inside, and then I'll drive home. And I said, Dad, where is the sense in that? I own a car that gets 40 miles to the gallon. I got, I think, 41 miles to the gallon coming down. 41 miles to the gallon. I said, why would you drive me down? Only to turn around and drive back and spend five hours in a car two two days. When I am 40-some years old, I can drive a car. I can drive myself to a writer's conference. I'm an adult. I can do this. I was singing, Jesus, take the wheel. I talked to Jesus the first half an hour, and then I listened to a book, and then I listened to the 80s, and I talked to Jesus more, and I said, all right, (laughs) I can do this. And by the time I got here, I had such peace. I was like, huh. And I just sat back and I, ob- I observed before I even like, I didn't really talk to anybody. I was very, I was an hour early, just observed, walked around, checked it out. And I was already relaxed. And when I talked to my husband last night, he said, you sound fabulous. He said, if you had to come home today, it was already worth every penny we spent. He goes, you sound fabulous. He goes, you're so relaxed. He goes, I can just hear it in your voice. Part of taking care of ourselves is sometimes having to be a little selfish. And so this writing conference, in a sense, is being selfish because it was a lot of money that could have, you know, paid off a credit card. Um, But I'm here. And... I know God called me to be here. If the only thing I do 
is feel refreshed and renewed and draw closer to him and start writing again, that's huge. And that's a lot to be thankful for and to praise him for. If I walked out of here with somebody thinking that my fictional story was worth investing in, I probably will float home on a cloud. But I'm not really sure that's going to happen. Because um, it's really, you know, but I'm going to do this. And if I do it and I fail, I still didn't fail because I did it. I stepped out. It took a chance. I tried. And the book's not published. Who cares? I did it. I tried. I go back to nonfiction. I do go back to what I know I'm good at. But who knows? Maybe there's something there. There's something that I haven't tapped yet. And who knows? I don't know. It's exciting. So, I don't know. This is the podcast for today. My goal, I really, I, I'll probably podcast every day. I don't know. It depends on my time. Today I kind of skipped something at 4.30 because part of fear. I could have sat down and shared my writing. I didn't bring any extra copies. And the one copy I have is kind of trash. <laughs> so, I'm like, ugh. So, tonight I really am going to try to turn the one I have into something so that I can read it Thursday and sit down with someone tomorrow um, and do that. That's, you know, that's my goal, to do it tomorrow and step out. It's all about stepping out in faith. All right, this is Lisa, One Sister's Journey, and it is time to let me let you go. It's about 21 minutes, 22 minutes by the time I wrap up. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to my podcast. This is Lisa, One Sister's Journey, keeping it real. Until next time, bye.